Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne, that we might find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And we confess our need for you, Lord. We, we're not ashamed of that. We thank you that we recognize that it's you that we need and that you have all the answers. So what could be better? We love you, Lord, and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to continue with what the watchman does. Amen. And uh, fighting the strong man really is is the focus of what the watchman does. It's it's um, a, a strength for strength type of ministry. Uh, so so if there is a strong man <clears throat> over darkness, God has to send a strong man over light. And that's who the watchman is. He's a strong man over the light. God has to give you power and authority in order for you to do your job. And, and it's good to know what your job is. Uh, I've found in the Christian walk, there's so many people don't understand. Oh, God called me to a ministry. And, and then they run off and never go back to God and find out, now, what am I supposed to do? You understand what I'm saying? And uh, it's good to have the fine details. It's good to understand the um, the limits of your, your job, the focus of your job, specifically what you are to do. And I thank God for, for the details and for understanding uh, that he has given us about what the watchman does so that we can uh, successfully execute his plan down here on earth. Uh, more than anything, you want God to tell you that you're doing a good job, that you're doing what he called you to do. Uh, you're not trying to do something that, that you know, is going to make you famous or prosperous or wealthy or anything. Uh, you want to do the job God puts you here to do and let him decide <clears throat> what your reward is. Let him direct things for you. And let him give you understanding. And so uh, at the beginning of our ministry, God gave us the prayer manual with the instruction to write the vision and make it plain so that he who sees can run with it. Amen. And it's not a complicated prayer manual. It's not somebody's revelation or somebody's visions or what they think is going to happen, but it's all scripture. So every time we address um, a problem, we address it with the word of God. We address it in a scriptural manner. We address it in a manner that God will honor. And so we can get the outcome of God. If you've never gotten an uh, issue of our prayer manual, our latest issue is is uh, a, a enlarged version of our 25-year anniversary of the ministry. That, that edition has all the history of all the testimonies that we have concerning the assignments that God gave us of situations to take care of for him so that he can get work done. You know, it's hard to to work for God with the devil right alongside or with the devil controlling atmospheres or controlling people or, or having any kind of say or any kind of control. And watchmen are very sensitive to, uh, spiritual darkness, interference, all of those things. And why does God make you sensitive? Because he gives you authority, take take authority over it. He won't show you something that he hasn't given you the ability to handle. 
I'm going to say it again. He will not reveal something to you as a problem that he has not given you an anointing, wisdom, knowledge, ability, authority to handle for him. So these people who are always seeing this, I saw this over this, and I said, well, what would you do about it? Well, you haven't seen anything. Because God showed it to you, and it's the devil. It's your job to take care of it, not his job. And you're not a reporter. This is not the National Enquirer. This is the kingdom of God. And we're serious about what we do for God. And so when God gives you revelation, it is to assist you in handling your end of the work. And so part of what the watchman does is he takes authority over principalities and powers and keeps them back. We push back against what they're doing. The Bible says when God anointed the disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits. Not for them, not sympathizing, not saying, oh my, well, well, oh, that's horrible. Oh, what are we going to do about that? He gave them power to move against them, to stop them, to thwart them, to make them quit, drop their prey, put it down. It's not yours. Amen. And so these are things that, you know, this scares a normal Christian. They just think they're supposed to beg God for everything when they get tired of begging. Just forget about it. But but these are things that the anointing trains your spirit to respond to to demonic activity, negative activity. Why? To get rid of it so God can get some work done. We're here about getting work done here in the kingdom. You don't just just open up a church and start winning souls. You have to fight over those. You got to wrestle over them. You got to take them away from the devil. And you've got to ask God to enlighten people's minds and to change their hearts. You know, there's a process to doing everything that we do in God. And the watchman has a, a major role in that because if, if we don't do what we do, then, then the evangelist can't do his job. The pastor can't do his job. There's all kinds of people can't do their jobs if the watchman does not do his. And so this is what God has put us here for. And this is what we do. And we, we endeavor to be faithful in it. We endeavor to be, uh, you know, more or less matter of fact about it. You don't see me out promoting us and you know, waving banners and all this kind of stuff and advertising, you know, is, you know, y'all listen, carrying buckets around and, you know, all that nonsense. It's nonsense, folks. It's nonsense. You know, it's, it's just something to draw attention to, to human flesh. And there's very little spiritual fruit that comes from those kinds of things. So I rather see the fruit. I, I like to see situations like Jack Kevorkian wound up in prison. Why? Because we prayed. I remember God sent us up, sent, transferred my husband to Detroit just so we could start a, 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 a another branch of the ministry up there so that we could pray and keep in touch with how that thing was going. You know, it's okay to pray from where you are, but if God says you go, you go. You know, you just have to do what he tells you to do. And and I know our prayers were instrumental in that. And people say, well, you're not the only one who prayed. I didn't say that. I said, I know what our prayers did. Why? Because I asked God and he told me, you got me? I mean, you need to have a report on what you're doing. My goodness, you're not sitting up here praying and wondering if it was effective and you never know. 
I mean, what kind of boss do you think would have people doing work and they never know how effective it is? Or if it, you know, you're making, you're making parts for an automobile and you don't ever know if they passed inspection. It's kind of silly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and God does it so that you will have a record of did I hear from God? Did he give me this to do? Well, he must have because look at the outcome of it. See, we are known by our fruit. So you have to have a, a God's outcome of a situation. Some of them are still in progress. Roe v. Wade, it took 50 years. It was Roe v. Wade was law when I got saved. Amen. And I came in praying against that. And praise God, he let us see it come down. Amen. And we're still cutting it down because every, as fast as it comes down as law, there's somebody going to court to see if they can get it reinstituted again. Amen. And you have to, this is what watching does. You don't just say, oh, we got the victory. That's enough of that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, right. You'll never get a chance to retire. Not from prayer. Not as long as God's spirit lives in you because he's here to, to make stuff happen and stop stuff from happening. So if he's living in you, you're going to have a hard time retiring and sitting down and doing nothing. Amen. Just saying. Just saying. And so we want to stay focused on what God has for us and focused on our job and stay upon our watch. And God's holding you accountable for these prayers. He's not just giving you prayers if you feel like it and, oh, wow, she prayed. I'm so glad. Oh, that ain't where he's living. Amen. You need to be glad you prayed. If you prayed, that meant the devil had a harder time doing what he did or he couldn't do it at all. Amen. That's what your prayers mean. And so I think people need to take these things seriously. Church is not casual. It's not somewhere you just come and, you know, when you feel like it and do as much as you feel like doing. There's a real church here. You understand that's on assignment by God that has a real assignment by God to make a difference for him in the earth, to expand his kingdom, to see it broaden, to see it expand, to see it grow, to see it take over more territory. That's what we're here for. Other than that, we just get saved and go to heaven if you don't have any work to do. But if you have work to do, it's serious work and you're assigned to do it. And so I, my my thing is get to doing your job. Get to praying your prayers. Do what you know you need to do and, and let God know that you're being faithful. Let him know that you're, you're carrying out his instructions for the church. And so we were dealing with the spirit of Pharaoh and we've covered some of his, his, uh, uh, activities and strategies. And so we, we did, uh, say that Pharaoh is a politician. You see that in his dealings with Moses and Aaron. Amen. <clears throat> so he holds a political office. He operates in governments. He also operates in organizations. He will operate wherever his personality fits with another human being that he can influence. That's where he'll operate. And so this is why God wants us to be obedient to him and obedient to his word. So that when we, when we make decisions or we want to do certain things, uh, then we are in obedience and compliance with the Spirit of God. And you can obey the Spirit of God and get God's results. People in the flesh will pick up attributes of all of these demonic spirits. They just will. And you open yourself up 
to demonic influence when you're in the flesh. You know what I mean? When in the flesh, caring about what you look like, what you sound like, how you feel. It's you, you, you. When I is on the throne of your life, that's an attraction for the devil's uh, imps, demons, and cohorts. Oh, I don't feel good. I'm lonely. Well, you just need uh, to go on a date. You need somebody to, to come and tell you you look nice. So you start, you know, if anybody's got two wardrobes, I remember when I got down to one, I re- remember them worldly clothes we had in the world. I left mine in the closet for two years, and after a while I got so convicted, I said, let me get rid of this stuff because I'm not going to put this on anymore. You got me? I'm living for God now. You got me? And you say goodbye to the temptations of the world. Because, you know, you get lonely enough, you go to putting them old clothes on, the next thing you know, you sit up on a bar stool somewhere. Amen? And so this is what I mean about self being on the throne. you got to get you off the throne. Uh, God told me years ago, he said, don't worry about you. He said, I take care of you. Don't worry about how people treat you, what they say to you, how they, what they don't do for you, what you do for them. Don't worry about you because I take care of you. He said, you just do what I tell you to do. Amen. And that has helped me over some very rough places in life over the years. You know, you sit and scratch your head and say, you know, we used to, (laughs) I took food out of my cupboard and fed these people. Now they telling people I don't preach right. We don't have a decent church over here. You understand what I'm saying? But I have to cut that off. I said, nope, God, I'm not going to think about that. I did that because you told me to, and you're going to take care of me. Amen? And I'm not going to go and go beat nobody up. (laughs) Do some shade posts on Facebook, you know, all that stuff people do. They call themselves been hurt and wounded and all this stuff. So, so yeah, you, you lay down your weapons of warfare. You don't have to defend yourself anymore. If God ain't big enough to defend you, you're in bad shape. Amen. And, and mostly you want to pray mercy for people because you need that yourself. You need that for when you mess up. Amen. And so this is, this is what we, we do, folks. We, we do the things that God commands us to do. You have an assignment to pray. If you are in this ministry, been a part of this ministry, breezing through, walking through, you were here to work for God. You know, is this ain't a church like traditional church where you just come in and get happy and hear some songs. We don't even let you get happy off the songs because we don't have no live music. You gonna have to, you have to really want to worship God to, to uh, live off the recordings, but that's what God told us to do. So that's what we do. We had live music at the conferences and that was good, but that was a different format. Our regular format, we just keep it simple, keep it plain. You understand? Keep him the focus of things. And so uh, I'm going to read you some from the prayer manual, master prayer manual. If anybody doesn't have one, uh, people online, you need to get one of these. And we usually can sell them discounted. You can go on, there's a special usually on our website at one time or another. So you can always get that information too. But I'm going to read you uh, some of the characteristics of Pharaoh from the comments that are made in the prayer manual so you'll get an understanding how to recognize this as a spiritual force. Now, this is not for you to call anybody and tell them, this is you. Now, I found you over here in this. 
I bind you. You got a Pharaoh spirit, you know. I remember everybody went through that phase telling everybody what kind of spirit they had. Then you didn't know what kind of spirit you had. So, you know, you found out God was wanting you to find, make sure you wasn't in there in them pages somewhere. So, you know, we all get over our immaturity and we realize, hey, I gotta, I gotta recognize this guy and make sure I keep him under my feet. So it says here, uh, Pharaoh is a precursor to the Antichrist spirit, was first shown as ruler that opposed the people of God. At one time, the Pharaoh dealt kindly with the Hebrew people because of Joseph's service to him. Another ruler was raised up after him who is not acquainted with Joseph. Each generation has to serve God and establish its covenant with God. Moses came in a generation that was ordained to enter the promised land. God directed them to this land through his dealings with Pharaoh. This spirit controls life, livelihood, having little regard for the sanctity of life. He tried to control the number of Jews born through abortion. And when that did not work through child murder, that's Exodus 1, 16 and 22. God institutes a plan of selection through God-fearing parents, and Moses' parents disobey Pharaoh's orders, sending their child floating in a basket on the river where he is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. God begins here to trouble the house of Pharaoh. The weapons used against Pharaoh through Moses' ministry are known as plagues. In intercession, we begin to plague Pharaoh's land by bombarding him with anointed prayers, prophesying the word of the Lord and exposing his evil works. Because of God's hardening of Pharaoh, one can expect to see men under this spirit's influence to not yield so quickly. Typical of this type of spiritual influence in government would be that of Saddam Hussein. It is important to confront this type of leadership with prayer, not brute force. Pharaoh is also responsible for hard work, heavy burdens, and oppression of the people, Exodus 1.11, heavy taxes, and in the church, pressure on people to give beyond their level of faith or ability, likened to that of the Pharisees in Luke 11.46. He also is a manipulator, using witchcraft, intimidation, and fear to control the people. Pharaoh, like Jezebel, has many weapons at his disposal and will use pity, Pray for me, Moses, Exodus 9, 20, 28, compromise. You can go, but leave your wife and children and cattle here, Exodus 10, 11, and bluffing. God had better be with you if you're going to take your children too. There's danger ahead of you. That's in Exodus 10, 10. This spirit appears to be responsible in many domestic violence situations, especially in relationships where there is no marriage covenant, Men try to keep their false families together by a combination of pity, force, and compromise, finally ending in violence and sometimes murder if there is no intercession for the mercies of God. Understanding how the spirit operates and attacks the minds of leadership is helpful in unseating false authorities and establishing godly rule in families, cities, and churches. Often men will resort to forceful leadership through fear, insecurity, lack of confidence in their ability to rule, and lack of faith in God's word. 
The Pharaoh male sees every question, criticism, or slow response to his commands as a threat to his position and authority. The fear of the, uh, uh, the fear of the lack of self-control and need for control begin to rule his life where godly men will approach his role as leader in the fear of the Lord seeking wisdom from God. So there's only two ways to go. You either go to God or if you're in the flesh, you go to Pharaoh for your power. If the man occupies his God-given seat of authority through godly reverence, love for those he rules, and seeks the wisdom of God through his word, it will be impossible for anyone to upseat him from that position. He may then rule in peace with the blessings of God following him and all those over whom he rules. It should also be said here that godly leadership will draw subordinates to submit to it. There is no need for force or intimidation when the Holy Spirit is in charge. God does not allow us to rule over one another in a fleshly sense, but those who rule in the fear of the Lord will draw people to them who will lay down and submit control of their spiritual lives to a trusted leader. This act of submission is a beautiful relationship where trust and cooperation are the fruit. It is the type of relationship described in Exodus 21. 21, 1 through 6, where the purchased servant, having worked off his years of servitude to his master, chose to continue in the house of the master, even though he was free to leave. This servant was brought to the judges with his master, and the master pierced his ear with a ring or an awl, and the servant remained in the house of the master forever. This is the essence of the love covenant. That we love the Lord so much, we are willing to submit to his godly servants and see this submission as a blessing. Just as the all or earring is a public visible declaration of the slave's submission to the Lord, so our submission to godly authority is a public expression of our submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So godly authority, God wants us to submit to. But fleshly authority, you can intercede and have that oppression removed from your life. And, and I think people who are wise will understand it. They'll, they'll see, you can see seeds of, of, um, control in people in very small stages, you know, and, and, or when it's a small thing. And just begin to pray and take authority over that. You know, I, I see people all the time, who doesn't make mistakes? Who doesn't get you know, frustrated and angry. If if you tell somebody over and over again, you know, I want to do this, I don't want you doing that, all that kind of stuff. You know, you you got to understand that stuff. Some of that comes from God, and you have to pray about these things and and submit to the right authority. Submit to, but don't don't ever get in rebellion. See, rebellion is what fuels Pharaoh's fire. You get in rebellion and you'll see some, some sparks coming back. Amen. And so it's just always good to stay humble and stay, stay prayerful. Uh, you know, if you're in a church environment, you know, you can judge from the spirit of God when somebody is speaking from, from the word or speaking the word. You get to open your Bible, read your words yourself. So this isn't following people blindly, but this is getting a peace within you that you are in the right place so you can grow, so you can prosper, so you can get all of the things that God wants you to have. So that's godly leadership. That's godly authority. And we have to learn how to submit to it. I mean, it's submission just really means that you voluntarily 
Put, put your support in there. Which, if you volunteered and put it in, you can take it back. If you don't think it's working out, cool. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's it's not like people can't make you do anything. You submit to it or you don't. Amen. And so God gives you all the freedom of choice. When that word submission comes up, people get all upset. Well, that word means they don't. They can't make you do anything. You have to yield to it. Amen. God honors you and respects you enough to tell you, you yield to your husband. I put him in your life to bless you. I put him into your, in your life to help you, to help you think, to help you do things. You know, I, I tell people, I'm amazed how much of what my husband told me that I didn't like at the time I picked up anyway. See how merciful God is? You know, I didn't know I'd be a widow, you know, 22 years now. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not here because I fought against my husband and won. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm here because I submitted and God began to show me and teach me certain things for how to adopt his his attitude, his what he would do in situations, all that kind of stuff. And and so that I could survive because he put him in my life to help me, not to harm me. Amen. Uh, your your spouse is 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 governing the house for God's glory, not to just boss you around. You know how important are we that people want to boss us so much? You know, and so you have to get yourself off the throne a little bit and look at well, God's not stupid. He created marriage as a blessing. You know, I mean, and, and let me let my husband bless me and let me find out how to bless him instead of. Button heads, locking horns, and fighting so much. Amen. And we know you smarter than your husband is. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is always the cop out. He don't know this, and he don't. He don't pray. Uh, it was so funny. I always, when I think about that, I think about uh, Sandy Brown giving that testimony. She said, uh, she said, I I pulled a knife on my husband. She said, because he's not as spiritual as I am. She was so mad. He don't pray as much as I do. You know, you let the devil get in your head and start inflaming your thoughts. You'd be so worked up and crazy. And she said, I pulled that knife on him and I was shocked. She said, I thought to myself, oh, yeah. (laughs) What am I doing as far? He ain't as spiritual as I am. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, we we got to guard ourselves, folks. We need help in this world. And God has put people in your life as helpers. Amen. And you're to help other people too. So, so let's just keep it straight now. But that Pharaoh spirit is, is, you know, a very, very, uh, um, hardened in their heart. And I think this is where, uh, people get, I guess, frustrated, angry, disappointed, want to quit. Some people do quit. Quit on marriages. I just can't talk to him and he won't do this. And well, have you ever tried praying? You know, well, I'm just going to find me somebody else. Yeah, just like him. You understand somebody needs work. We all need work. Amen. The brother just need work. You just found out what the work is. So you can get to work on the work. Amen. And help him. Amen. You, 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 what, what most women call help is not help at all. You know, now personally, I don't think anybody needs you to work and, and live financial help if you know how to pray. 
and if you know how to to choose and and how to do the right thing in life you know and and learn how to submit and learn how to walk with that person so that God can guide them into the family provision career wealth whatever it is that you're seeking uh but see women are too quick now to want to work just to have money and that's not really the purpose of your labor you don't work just to have money it's not the purpose of it amen work is tied to purpose work is tied to dignity work is tied to uh position in society in the culture all of those things work is is tied to all of those things and work is also tied to your gift and your purpose and i know it's a common thing for women to work outside the household but you got to look at whether that's right for your situation cuz many times women will work and the man just gets lost in the dust he kind of don't know what to do his paycheck isn't important you know, all of this stuff isn't important. Oh, well, you know, I'm working too. Don't worry about it. That's not your decision, girl, to make. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, be prayerful about things like that. Because then you've got a person over here you're married to. They never fulfill their purpose. So you just took something away from them. You thought you were adding something. So you took something away from them. Every human being is, is God ordained with gifts, callings, purpose, all of that stuff. And that's the biggest part of work is to do what God ordained you to do. What he put you on this earth to do, that's your calling. That's what you address, whether it's in your career and your business and your, you, maybe you're called to preach full time, whatever it is. Uh, you're called with a purpose and it's not up to you to take that person's purpose away from them or to give them another purpose other than what God gave them. And see, you may have to spend some times being broke a little bit and being, you know, having to move a little bit and do these things before you both get settled in what God calls you to do. But in no circumstances is that woman called to lead. Just not called to lead at all. And the man's not called to sit back and let her do everything. You got me? Just because she wants to do it. And so you've got to fulfill your purpose in life and your calling in life. And see, part of Pharaoh's uh, strategy is to keep that upside down family uh, order there. You know, to keep it not upright before God, not keep it in God's order. Any way he can scramble things around, he will scramble them around. So that's why we have a lot of women now having children out of wedlock. They just don't care. You know, I tried to find somebody. Ain't nobody out there. So I didn't want my years to pass me by. So I just started having kids. That's not normal, folks. I know it's common, but it's not normal. It's just not. It's not what God ordained. And you go back years later and ask that woman, how's that working for you with no husband? You understand? Nobody, nobody right there to help you. You know, and you see women who are married, they never sweat a lot of things that single women sweat because they got a backup. See, the husband will let you do as much as you can delegating things to you, helping you to get the things done that your gifting requires you to do. Amen. 
And, and, but you know, you've got backup. If you run out of ideas as a wife, you call the husband and tell him, Hey, we got a problem over here. This is going on over here, but who's the single person call? Or they might call the parents. That's what's happening these days. The parents are the fallback now. So they've got to supply all the backup that if that person would be responsible, Amen. The responsible thing is to get get married. Anything else is not responsible. You just you're just taking a chance that it's going to work, and it never really works. If it were working, God would be a liar. The Bible says, "Let God be true, and every man a liar." Amen. You take care of your own babies. You don't have to put them in daycare. Got me. You're the only person they know. They're safe. They're secure. You have to worry about somebody calling you saying another kid busted them in the head or something like that where somebody's back was turned. So this isn't the best way, folks. Trust me. And so these things we, these are, 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 they're like self, self explaining things, but people still do them anyway. Now why do they still do them? Because there's another voice telling them it's okay to do. You understand that says Pharaoh and Jezebel is, hey, hey, you can do this. Don't worry about that. No, 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 no. Don't worry about that. Do it this way. And so they are constantly whispering in the people's ears, telling them, you don't have to, you don't have to get married. You don't have to do that. Well, you can, you can get a check. You can do this. You can do that. You go stay with this person. You, you understand what I'm saying? There's a good book. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, uh, Star Parker. She's a, I would call her an activist, but she's really a Christian activist. And she's studied and written for many, many years on the family, on the, the welfare system in this nation. And her testimony is that she was a single, uh, a single woman. She had had three abortions, I think, two or three. She was uh pregnant again and just decided she didn't want that anymore. But she lived in California, and she said that in California, you can live in a room. Now, this is something that was kind of unusual to me. As long as you give the, the California welfare system an address, they never checked to see who else lives there. So she lived in a an apartment with four other women and their children. And they all were getting checks from the state of California to take care of the kids. Like they were living, like say, for instance, if you were living by yourself in your own apartment, they just sent all them checks to that same address. And they were all getting their, their checks and roommates and all that kind of crazy stuff. And she said that she was working at the same time. So she was getting her her money kind of like under the table. And she would run into these young men that worked at a Christian bookstore. It was all in one strip mall. They worked at the Christian bookstore in a strip mall. And they would invite her to church all the time. Why don't you come worship with us? Why don't you come to church with us? And they, oh, I don't need church. Church, you, I can't walk into church. I'm, I'm expecting, I'm not married, all this, but they, they finally talked her into coming. And she was at Fred Price's church. 
And she said that she, she said she just knew he was talking. She said, that man looked straight at me and said, God will take care of you. Why are you on welfare? And she said she got totally convicted and she kept going back and she said she, she quit going when she had the baby. And she said these two young men were the only visitors she ever had. She said when she she went in to have abortion, she had no visitors, nobody took. She said they showed an interest in me. She said, and I said, whatever they had, I wanted that because I'd never really been treated like a, a real human being before. And she said eventually she was able to get on her feet after she got the baby. She got off welfare. She got a job. She was a a very good journalist. And she started a Christian neighborhood newspaper. Fred Price, when she went to him and, and got an opportunity to tell him who she was and what she wanted to do, he introduced her to Bishop Charles Blake, Church of God in Christ. Yeah, huge church. Bishop Blake told her, he said, what you have is a good idea. He said, I'm going to help you. And he allowed her to, to uh, you know, get information he was helpful in getting her around some other churches and they just had a regular church publication for people it was going very well until the riots and i forget one of them and they burned her out and she said when that happened to her she said i'm gonna i'm gonna do something different with my life she said i'm gonna start telling people what an evil system this welfare system is in this country she said as many people as i can influence to never get on welfare she said that's what i'm gonna do and she's written many books in the process she has an organization that and she's highly well respected in in places where people are interested in the kind of information that she compiles about what goes into making a successful life and she had a list of like 10 things not to do if you want to be a success in life. At the top is have children out of wedlock, never get married, go on welfare. All those things that people normally do. And she takes a listen, she takes heat for it because I know most people don't want to hear that. You got me? Oh, well, you don't, you can't, you don't know what it's like. No, and I don't want to know. You know why? Because God has given me something better. All I got to do is believe God and trust God and follow him. And I have the life he wants me to have. Nobody wants to live on welfare. We did welfare when I was a kid. And trust me, I've done enough of it. I know what that's like. And I know God has better for people. You understand what I'm saying? So we encourage people to want the better. Amen. Just like Fred Price said, what are you doing on welfare? He the ones just speaking to her. He's speaking to everybody sitting out there. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to understand that there are success ways to live your life. There are failure ways to live your life. Don't get yourself caught in failure as a permanent way of living. See yourself coming out. See yourself serving God. See yourself getting married. See yourself having a family, a husband, wife, and children family. See yourself doing all of those things because that's what God has for you. This other thing is not working. It's not working to the tune of many, many millions of, of dollars. And if you really think welfare is going to take care of you forever, look what's coming across that border. They're in, they're ahead of people in this country. They're ahead of citizens now 
people coming across the board, they get there taken care of first. You get second. So you get to go get a job and you get to work and, and take care of them. And so this is, this is, this is not God's way for people, folks. God gave Israel, he had a little welfare system for them. It's called the wilderness. And they marched around in unbelief. They could have got off welfare anytime they wanted to if they'd have believed him and gone in and fight for something. Amen? Because it was already given to them. All they had to do is go through the motions of having a battle. Because most of the time, God would show up and kill everybody before they even got to, to draw blood. You got me? He just wants us to show up and claim what's ours. You don't have to do a whole lot to please God. But faith is very, very important. So Pharaoh, that's him. He's he's mean. He's tough. He's behind domestic violence a lot of times. And the Jezebel spirit helps him to do this stuff. They work hand in hand. Some of these people, you can't bust them up. You know, you know, this one policemen when they come to domestic disputes, they say, "Well, ma'am, we'll arrest him, but you got to come down and press charges." And they tell him, "The you know, if are you going to come down and press charges? Well, we can't arrest him then, because they know they tried this for years. They arrest these men, and women never show up. Where is he now? He back at home." Uh, don't act like you're just not hearing this. My goodness. It's Jezebel and Pharaoh, they get along. They get along. Look at Bonnie and Clyde. They ran away from the, the feds for years. And them back in them days, they shoot you on sight. If they had a warrant for you, they didn't, they didn't just, you know, come and arrest you if you were a violent criminal and a, a murderer and a thief. You You didn't live long under those circumstances. And so they they were able to run from the law and, and rob and kill people for several years, just getting along, fighting, making up and getting along. You understand what I'm saying? That's not a normal way to live. Love doesn't act like that. Amen? When you're in a love relationship, you respect one another. You might get angry, but, you know, you walk away, cool down, come back later or say, I'm sorry or whatever. You know, I just got carried away. I just wouldn't want to win that argument. (laughs) I want to have the last word. (laughs) You know, if you start understanding what you're doing when you're running your mouth, you'll stop doing it so much. Amen. And so this this is this is how they operate, though. They cooperate with one another. And so in, in the Ahab spirit is, is, is what ha- hovers over passive men, men that don't want to do, don't want to be responsible, don't want to work, don't want to get up. But that same spirit can be in both uh, one man at the same time. You understand they get passive on you and then they get aggressive on you. You think you, these women that I feel sorry for women think they married a man who's a pushover. Cause you find out you can't push but so far. And then that other thing springs up. So, you know, just stay off the witchcraft, folks. Just, you know, stay in your lane. Get get with God. Get in your word. Humble yourself. <laughs> Walk in love. It's a full-time job. Amen? It's a full-time job. So Pharaoh is involved in, in politics, we say. He's a politician. He will speak to leaders. That's his domain. He likes operating on that level. And so he will speak to leaders and, and, uh, influence them to follow his way of doing things, to oppress people. 
uh, his major, uh, seduction in, in the power realm is money. Amen. It's, there's money at the bottom of every, every dictator, every power monger you see. Money is generally <clears throat> the motivator there. And so Pharaoh wants to get his hands on all the wealth, all the money. <clears throat> this is why he had, uh, the Israelites working so hard is to make him wealthy. Amen. Uh, Joseph made the first Pharaoh very wealthy. At the end of seven years, Egypt owned all the property, all the goods, everything. The, 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 uh, everyday person didn't own anything anymore. And it was because of the famine. When, when the famine got really bad, the people came to buy grain. When they ran out of money, they had to give them their cattle and their belongings. And the last thing they gave up was property because they didn't have anything to farm the property and the, the famine was still on. They couldn't grow anything. And so this is how the governments get rich when times are bad. People will sell things, give up things, and governments can move in and take things. And so that's why you you have a constitution. Our constitution protects us from government takeover of of everything, you know, the First Amendment and, and the right of free speech and then the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, those rights do not come from the government. You got it? It's worded in such a way that you know that the government, it says these rights shall not be infringed upon by government or abridged by government. That means that these rights come from somewhere other than your government. Because it says we have this already and government, you can't take it away from us. So what that says is somebody is watching over you, government. Somebody is higher than you, government. And they gave us the right and that's God. It starts out by saying we're endowed with a creator, a common creator, with certain inalienable rights. You can't be separated. There's a desire in everybody's heart for freedom. It can't be separated from you. I don't care how many people oppress you, how many communists come in, even like in in places where uh, Christianity is outlawed. They have underground churches because you can't stop the gospel and you can't stop people from wanting God and wanting to be free and wanting to worship. And so they'll go underground and worship God and, and, and keep moving. You know, if they find out they're having meetings, they'll stop for a season until the coast is clear and they'll start up having them again. But this is what it means when it says inalienable. You can't separate people's right to want to worship God from them or to speak freely or to speak their mind or to, to have ideas. You know, you take free speech away from people, you stifle creativity. You, your next, your next, uh, uh, creative person or your next in, invention won't come because everybody's too oppressed to speak up or even to think a thought that's not, uh, um, allowed. You know, certain things you say aren't allowed. If you say it, they point the finger at you and call you names. That's how it starts. And see, we have a lot of that here in this country. Don't fool yourselves. Don't fool yourselves for one minute because these spirits get, these are spiritual forces. They talk to people all the time and they give a bunch of people the same idea. 
You got me? And so there's a strategy of the enemy to take freedom away from people. Once you take freedom away, you take away the will to live. Because if people have to live oppressed, then some of them just don't want to live like that. They don't want to live cooped up. They don't want to live in prison. They don't want to live in jail. They don't want to live in bad situations. They just don't. They when, Once you take freedom away, you stifle the will to live. And, and dictators know that. That's why the first thing they do is start putting curbs and restrictions on people's uh, freedom, their livelihood, their freedom to uh, speak, uh, freedom to do all kinds of things. And, and oftentimes the government will start to get more and more control over people through programs, through uh, grants, through all kinds of mechanisms. You know, government grants aren't the best thing in the world. In fact, I remember when I was listening to the people talking about 501c3, like that was the best. Well, that's what we are, but we're not kowtowing to the government. I don't preach what they tell me to preach. I care less. I don't get my sermons from from the governor or the president or anybody else like that. You get them from God. You understand me? And and so now everybody wants to wants the government grant all of a sudden. It's always got strings attached to it. Always. You don't know what they are yet. <laughs> you understand me? The strings come when they want to pull them. And then all of a sudden you realize, you know, what a trap there is to it. Now, a lot of this money, they they will uh check on a church more dil- diligently than they will a, a corporation. Home Depot, I don't know who checks their, their, you know, tax filings. But when you're a church, they go over you with a fine tooth comb. Pull you in there and it is a lot of pre- preachers have been in prison because of tax evasion or tax errors. You under, you can't make a mistake as far as they're concerned. And so these are things, folks, that, that we pray against. We, you gotta watch this stuff. And, and when you see it start getting more and more uh like snowballing getting more powerful then you got to double up on your prayer you got to pray even more diligently you got to stay on the watch because these things will begin to dominate and control a whole society a whole culture of people if it's not held back and it's not bound and it's not kept from going forward taking everything they want to take and so when pharaoh right now I believe that the Pharaoh spirit is holding families hostage because the devil's been trying to destroy the family in this nation. I know overtly ever since Roe v. Wade. See, when you see abortion come in, you see where somebody has permission to kill their own baby inside of them before it's born. That's him controlling the population. It's, it's not new. You read your Bible. You'll see abortion was during the time of, of Moses. It, child sacrifice was part of pagan worship. And so it's always been there as a source of power for these Pharaoh spirits. And so when, when we see these things getting more and more prominent or getting more and more voice and more and more power and being fought over and, and you see people coming out of the woodworks being angry, that you can't get an abortion somewhere. There's something wrong. Something's deranged their mind, folks. There's something wrong with that person's mind. It's not normal to shed innocent blood. It's just not. 
And so when you see that, you know there's demonic activity at work that has causes. See, it starts out with, well, that's that's her decision. I can't tell her what to do. You're a Christian. You know right from wrong. You're supposed to speak up. You're supposed to tell them, uh-uh, that ain't right. That's against God's law. Don't do that. Amen. If you need me to pray for you, I'll pray for you. Need help, I'll, I will find help for you. But you're not to do that. That's the, God gave you that baby for a reason. Amen. And I don't care if the daddy don't want to marry you. you. You don't get even with him by killing the baby. And you'll see a lot of men who drive a woman to an abortion clinic and force her. That's Pharaoh. You force her to have an abortion. Do you understand me? So we're shedding innocent blood here, folks. And I thank God it's finally stopped on a national level. But now the states are mad. All these states want to start getting, they got the California, I think, is we'll pay you, we'll pay for your plane ticket to fly out here and get an abortion if you want one. Taxpayer money. See, if you paying taxes, you don't have a say in that. They're going to do it anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's Pharaoh. So this is why we pray, folks. This is why we keep authority. Well, it seems like it's getting, listen, everything seems like something else. What you looking at, you got to be in faith, honey. You got to believe that these prayers will pay off. Even if you got to pass the baton, if you sitting up in your coffin with your prayer manual and handed it off to the, the next person, that's what you do. We tag team in this kingdom. Amen. Every generation has its work to do. You don't have to see something to believe God's going to do it. He's doing it as we speak. Amen. It's it's getting more and more obvious to more and more people because people have got to make a choice. What side are you on? Amen. God wants people on his side. He don't care what party you like. If they're killing babies, you don't like them. You got me? You got to be clear on that all the way down the line, folks. You can't just jump over when you, I'm going to jump over here and I jump over. No, you guys, God said, who's on his side? He wants people on his side. So he'll take care of you. You jump on his side. He's, God's not scared of anybody, honey, or anything or any demon. So we've got to stand against things. Once you're against it, you're against it. You don't go back and forth vacillate not on something like that you know and so when when you see these things going on you know who's involved and you know you need to keep up the prayer you know you need to pray even more earnestly god we want this to stop we are not for this our government's doing it but that's not what we want we want you to rule we want these children to live we want and there's no such thing as is uh how she gonna take care of it well that ain't your business that's god's business that's his that's his inheritance he'll show you how he takes care of babies well the system is we ain't talking about system we talking about god's kingdom we talking about no system the system's overrun oh that's the system we ain't talking about that. It's talking about God's kingdom. God ordained a purpose for every life that's conceived. Period. So he'll fulfill that purpose if we let the poor baby live. So anyhow. So, so as I was uh, looking over some things, I thought I would share some things with you about, <clears throat> um, this, 
new variant. They keep talking about new COVID variant. Now you know that that, that, uh, germ was intentionally released in the earth. They know it came from red China. Chinese have philosophies about warfare. And one of their levels, they have different levels of warfare. And, uh, um, uh, let me think, what do they call that, that level of, I forget what it's called, but there's this propaganda mental level of warfare that people do. And then there's, uh, non, it's non, uh, non-military or non-combative uh, warfare. And that includes germ warfare. And so, uh, the Chinese government, the red Chinese government has a plan. I don't know how many years they're into their plan, but their plan is to dominate the rest of the world. They want to be the dominant government in the world and they have a plan for that. And so these kinds of warfare that they are waging, uh, is, is one, one level of warfare there. And that's Pharaoh. He wants to control and dominate people. He wants to keep them under his thumb. Uh, their, that government is very abusive toward all kinds of religion. Um, and, um, they're, they have some people, they have a lot of slavery over in red China, everything that, that Pharaoh can do, they do. And so, um, and they want control through intimidation, through blackmail, part of their, their strategy. People who know more about this than I do believe, uh, with the germ warfare and releasing of these viruses and that kind of stuff is to shut down governments, to shut down people's freedom, uh, keep them locked in their homes where they're afraid for their lives, and also to control the release of drugs and medication. Uh, my understanding is at least 90% of our medications are made in China. Uh, we don't make uh, any of them here anymore. Uh, Certain components of them are made there. The necessary parts are made there. So we are dependent upon uh, other governments for essential things like that. Um, we started talking last time about the Nuremberg Codes. These were rules set up during the trials of um, that had to do with human medical experimentation. There were doctors on trial because they had done some very uh, abusive and torturous uh um, um, uh, 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 experiments with humans. They were medical and surgical experiments. And the Nuremberg code, code starts out the first, first step in that code or the first uh, tenet in that code is that no mandates, it must be voluntary consent. So a, a, a drug that has not been tested and approved safe for human beings can only be administered through voluntary consent. Number two is they must have fruitful, fruitful results for the good of society. So this has to be proven to be for the good of society. Uh, it can only be administered after uh, successful animal experimentation. And uh, they want to avoid unnecessary physical, mental, and surgical injury. 
and no disabling injury or death. That's according to a code of medical ethics that's been signed by every government in the world. So it's no doubt on display at the World Health Organization, which they are always referring to as what they say we should do and what they say we shouldn't do. And so in the case of COVID, though, therapeutics were available. There were pills available that doctors had seen success in treating COVID, especially in the early stages, but they were rendered illegal to be dispensed in most countries. And if people were found to be promoting them, either in their public journals, uh, social media, Anywhere where they were dispensing this information to the public, they were censored. Many of them had their medical licenses revoked, and they were fired from their hospital medical positions. And then some of them are still unemployed. You need to know that we have a a rule, uh, a law in this land that's called the right to try which means that you may volunteer to take drugs that may have not been totally cleared as being safe and effective if you and your doctor feel it will be good for you to give it a try. For instance, cancer patients use this quite a bit, and many of them have survived much longer because there have been medicines waiting for FDA approval that has not come and they have overrode that with the right to try. So the therapeutics like um, uh, there's ivermectin was one. There was um, oh there was another one that was real the real cheap one that they use for malaria. I forget the name of it, but there were several drugs that that doctors were treating patients with and getting good results. They stopped them from being able to use them even though we have a law that says you have a right to try. So Pharaoh has abused our laws quite a bit in this this country. And, and one of the reasons that people see is being tied to the lockdowns and the control with the COVID uh, situation is that they felt that uh, people being at home, if they could send them uh, ballots, to that they could collect later to vote that gave an open door for the illegal what they wound up being they found so many of them things and they can't even validate most of them now signatures don't match boxes stuffed i think it's pennsylvania they got more voters than they got people registered and they counted them all so uh to throw uh confusion on your uh, political system on your voting system. Uh, you'll hear some people talk about voting, your vote being your sacred right. That's your, that's between you and God. It's, it's that empowering to a person to have that vote. I remember when, uh, uh, the United States said we were over in, uh, Iraq this last time and, uh, the people that got free, they had their first election. You remember the people with the purple thumbprints? They were so proud of that. They would just see them holding it to their chest and being so thankful that they finally, that meant so much to them to be able to vote. 
And then you see it in this country just it's really being abused. Now, I know people don't want to believe that. You know, we don't want to believe a lot of negative stuff. But when you're a watchman, you got to you got to learn how to swallow these pills, folks. It's just it, it's true. It, you don't have any control of it. You're trying to get control over it through prayer. But you got to accept what people are doing and how wrong it is. You need to understand, too, that there is a um, here has been a push on in this country for over 50 years. Ever since Roe versus Wade was instituted, there has been a push to separate uh, parental consent from from your children as far as reproductive uh, health and reproductive what they call reproductive rights are concerned. They don't call it abortion. They call it reproductive rights. In 1977, the Supreme Court ruled that um, uh, children, minors, have a right to privacy to get contraceptives in all 50 states. Now, states have modified the laws to accommodate their constituents but if you're one of those people that don't pay attention to any laws or rules, you don't even know what's going on. That's the average person. The people who pay attention are the ones that have something at stake in them usually. But more people are waking up and finding out that if you go to your, your kid's school, if you find your daughter's got birth control pills and you don't want her to have them, you ask her where she got them, the school nurse gave them to her. You go to school and they tell you it's legal. This is the first I heard of it. You got me? And so, uh, this reproductive rights that they say is, is mostly to do with abortion. Uh, one of the leading, uh, research organizations, uh, uh the Guttmacher Institute, they have all this information. They keep track of what people think about Abortion, birth control, they make sure they even go to court and enforce some of these laws on behalf of, of these children that, that, you know, parents are interested. Of course, you're interested in what your children take. It's your decision to do it. But now you find out you don't. Everything but, but, you know, and that's how people have been able to get these, uh, children in these, uh, what do they call them? Oh gosh. There's so much junk, I'm telling you. The, uh, ones that transgender, the transition, you know, they, they transition your child without your permission. This is where it stems from. Cause they feel it's a right to privacy. They think right of privacy is constitutional for a minor. But my question is, when do constitutional rights really kick in? It's when the law says they kick in. And our Constitution really is aimed at adults. It's not really aimed at children because children cannot consent to so many things. But when it comes to this, they can consent. Now, why is that? Somebody wants to control how many people are here. And somebody wants to control who can have them, when they can have them, how many they can have, what they can have, all of that. They want to control that. And that's Pharaoh. It's his fingerprints are all over this stuff. And so when he gets, and this is why it's gone to such a, a bizarre level where people will stand and tell you, I, I identify as. So now it used to be LGBT. 
Now there's a Q, X, Y, Z, L, M, N, O, P. It's an alphabet soup because they keep adding to it because people keep popping up with these weird ideas and nobody says that's not who you are. Nobody challenges them. In fact, if you tell them that, they want to sue you and arrest you for hate speech. You hate me. That's why you're telling me I'm a girl when I tell you I'm a boy and you were born. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this is why it's taken such a bizarre twist because the devil's in control of it. He's always been in control of it. When people come up to you and say, well, don't hate me. I'm homosexual, honey. I don't hate you. I love you. But Jesus wants you to go to heaven and you ain't going to go like that. You got to change your clothes. You got to get on the right clothes. Amen. Put your righteousness on. You understand me? Now take me to jail, sue me, report me. You know, we've gotten to the to place where you can't even have a conversation with somebody for fear of saying the wrong thing. And somebody thinking you got some money and wanting to expose you and sue you or just make life bad for you. Where do they get the money to sue people? They get it from organizations like this one. So there's tons of money. There's tons of people who just want to control people's lives. And they form these organizations. And they pass out money to these people and keep them on staff. And pretty soon they're taking people to court because it's something they don't like that you're doing. And so we have to stay on top of this, folks. This is not something you just shrug your shoulders about and say, well, you know, uh, that's not right. But there's nothing I can do. There's a lot you can do about it. A lot you can do about it. There's always, there's more that we can do than we have done yet. Because I do believe that God is accelerating time, but also he's increasing power. Because if we're gonna, if we're gonna rescue people out of this mentality, and that's really the bottom line in any of this, is that there are innocent souls who are being deceived by these, these ideas that come through people who just want to uh, manipulate people because they have power over them. And we're not going to just sit back and let that happen and think that, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, they'll wake up one day. Suppose they don't. Suppose they don't. And you could do something about it. So so this is what we have to do, folks. We have to uh, take authority over this. Once you take authority, you don't have to go running around telling everybody what to do or anything. You just grin. When you see these laws change, you smile. Say, thank you, Lord. I thank you that my work is not in vain. Of course, I never thought it was in vain, but I thank you for letting me see it. Thank you for letting me see the evidence of it. Thank you for that, Lord. So we're going to pray uh, the seed of the righteous. We know what Pharaoh's doing. We keep him under our feet. We bind him. <clears throat> all his little, uh, his alter ego, Ahab and his wife, Jezebel, and all them queens of heaven, you know. Be nervous when you see everybody trying to be a queen. That's just not an idea that a bunch of people on the Internet got. You got me? This is this is not a good thing. We're not queens. God's never promised us to be queens. Amen. You're you're an adopted child of God. Come on. You're an adopted child of God. Stay humble, stay thankful. Stay in your lane. Don't try to 
be more if you're not feeling good about yourself go get in your bible don't go put a crown on your head that ain't gonna make you feel better we just got a pitiful soul wearing a crown now it's you know come on now that didn't change you from the inside that's where the change needs to take place folks is the inside out so father we thank you for for your power and thank you for your ability and pharaoh we bind you we command you away from this work you can't have this country you can't have our families you can't have us you can't have our churches you can't have uh, uh any uh, take our peace you can't take our goods you can't take our children you can't take the seed of the righteous you can't take god's chosen people you can't have them because they don't belong to you you can't kill anymore an abortion and lord we thank you for reversing roe v wade we thank you lord to banish abortion once and for all out of this land in the name of jesus we thank you for that lord we thank you that your seed will be preserved We thank you, Lord, your seed will be spared. We thank you, Jesus, to come in your power and your glory and eradicate, uproot, unseat all that have negative authority over your people, over this nation, and over the world. So we thank you, Lord, that our seed are the seed of the righteous, that your children are righteous seed, and they shall be delivered. They are not for sale. They shall not beg bread. They shall hate sin and the devil. They will have your covenant established in their lives. They'll inherit all that we have in God and increase in your glory. They will increase exceedingly. And of the kingdom of God, there shall be no end. And they'll possess the gates of those that hate them. They will choose life that they may live. They will fear and glorify the Lord. They will be blessed, be fruitful, increase abundantly, be multiplied, and wax exceedingly mighty. They will inherit the earth and be established forever. They'll be mighty upon the earth and be delivered, though hand join in hand. They will have the Holy Spirit poured out on them. They will have the word of God continually in their mouths. And we declare that the glory of their generation shall be greater than that of our generation. They will be taught of you, God, and great shall be their peace. And they will be trained in your ways, and we're training them now in your ways. When they're old, they will not depart from it. They are your inheritance, and they will be filled with wisdom and stature and have favor with God and with man all the days of their lives. And they will honor father and mother that their days may be long on the earth, and it'll be well with them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I hope you got something today. Amen. You know, you need to understand what you're dealing with because this isn't just what you call common knowledge. In fact, nothing about God's word is common knowledge. It's it's something, it's divine revelation. It's precious. And so as we put these things inside of us, and carry them with us and understand when things come to your attention, you take authority over that. You sit out on that. Well, you're not getting away with that. We're not putting up with that from you. Amen. You don't get away with that. And so it's just good to stay in alert mode, to stay in authority mode, stay in mode of understanding who you are at all times and executing. You don't have to tell anybody who you are and what you do for God, but you do have to execute. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. 
she can't get me. I don't have... And it, it don't have me. And I thank you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God. Amen. Praise God.